Hi, Malaka. Hi, Harley. Hello, everybody listening. Welcome back to Sonder and Salt, the weekly food podcast about the magic of eating. Oh, I, I, I missed, you it. missed it. Yeah. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> Today we have a very special guest joining us on the podcast. You guys have really enjoyed the guests that we've had the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Before we bring you another one, today yes. we are joined by none other than Lorraine Copes. Hi Lorraine. Hello. Welcome to Sunder and Soul. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Very, very happy to have you. We keep bumping into you places. Yeah. yeah. Keep bumping into places. Yeah, especially this one. I know, I see I you going to say. It's a lot, it's a lot of like bumping into people yeah. these days. I know Lorraine. You know Lorraine, but obviously the listeners may not know Lorraine. So, as a quick intro, Mm -hmm. Lorraine Copes Mm -hmm. is a multi-award winning social entrepreneur, community builder, hospitality pro, speaker and life coach. With over 20 years in the hospitality industry, Lorraine has managed and even directed the purchasing and supply for some of your favorites, which include Shake Shack and Gordon Ramsay restaurants. In 2020, Lorraine founded Be Inclusive Hospitality, which is a not-for-profit organization, building a thriving community to accelerate race equity within hospitality, food and drink. Lorraine is originally from Birmingham, but currently residing in London. Uh South London, mm-hmm. to South, be exact. South South London. London. Did I capture everything? You did. I'm also a board member, but uh, but we'll just add that to it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into yeah. that at a point in this podcast. Founder of Be Inclusive Hospitality. Mm-hmm. In your words, mm-hmm. what is it? What is being what is it? Be Inclusive Hospitality is a community of individuals and businesses who recognise that there are uh, race disparities in the hospitality industry and want to move the needle forward. Um, and so we do that in a variety of ways. We, we take a really holistic approach. We produce research. We deliver initiatives to support people to move forwards mm. and upwards. And we work with businesses who want to be inclusive, to be more inclusive. So, um, but but and all anchored in community. And what, for my sake and listeners' sake, hospitality, I feel like we hear a lot about the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that comprise of so to yeah. me that's yeah. restaurants yes. that's mm-hmm. wait staff yeah chefs yeah hotels ho- well. yeah. hotels caterers, yes. caterers pubs, okay cafes it's quite broad yeah. in terms of yeah um, sectors within that yeah for sure but then all the roles within that in terms of employees as well as founders so we have founders okay. within our networks of you know black and brown people who either own drinks brands um own restaurants food okay. brands so anything that intersects with the hospitality exactly. industry like yeah. food and drink okay sectors exactly. any supplied exactly into these things okay yeah. that's interesting because yeah. i wouldn't have thought of that yeah. yeah like you hear hospitality stuff all the time especially yeah. in light of restaurants closing and people yes. saying things about the hospitality industry yeah mm. it probably comes across very much as baristas and waiters yeah mm-hmm. like and I've never been any of either of those, yeah. Yeah. you know, and um, it's such a really broad and really dynamic industry. And I think that there's a PR piece to be conducted about what the industry is mm. and what opportunities actually exist within the industry because mm-hmm. it's really far and wide. Oper- operation staff is a small, well, it's a small part. It's the biggest part percentage wise. Right. But obviously you have marketeers, you have finance, you have mm-hmm. procurement, you have law you have so your business functions across all of those industries of any hospitality business yes 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 yeah what our members are made up of people from those kind of um intersects of the industry yeah that's really important as well because i think in light of recent i say recent last couple of years of strikes and unionization and people not really knowing like what club they belong to it would be interesting for people to know. I know we've got a lot of people that work within hospitality that listen to the podcast, mm. that there's something that they can be a part of if they are like the finance team of a massive chain, throw out with the spoons, for example. Yeah. Like yeah. something like that, that they could actually be a part of this. Who do you think, or who can you say on air are like people that, or companies that are working with you that you're proud to say work with you and you feel like are doing the change and the things that you recommend and yeah. stuff like that? I always look quite objectively about the work that we do within this space. And the reason why I say this is because 
the reason why we were incorporated is to support people of colour to move forwards and upwards, yeah? To um, uh, create pathways for access to funding, to um, mentorship, mm -hmm. to improve social capital and all of these things. The businesses that we work with, and we work with a variety of businesses who, am I going to mention? Um, I to. could mention, but I won't. And I'll tell okay. you why I won't is because when people think about equity, diversity and inclusion or whatever you want to call it, they think about destination. Right. So this business is doing this work and they are. Okay. And it, it's not as transactional yeah. as that at all. The businesses that we work with, we're really fortunate that the businesses that we work with, they're not really particularly interested in signalling that they're doing the work or even working yeah. with us. Yeah. Nice. They're interested in doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only up until... So we've been incorporated for three years. Only up until about 18 months ago... We started to actually put our partners on our website, their brands, because previously we didn't, we just didn't want to attract any performative yeah. businesses that want to associate with us. So just kind of summarising that in saying, the businesses that we work with, and we're talking about like global brands, mm. we're talking about national chains, they all recognise that there's ongoing education required to drive change. Yes. Mm. And that there's a multi-pronged approach required to drive change. So we work as a consultant and a partner to yeah. businesses providing all of those things. So when you say diversity, equity and inclusion, mm. what does that mean mm. for you from your perspective, yes. given that it kind of underpins the work yes. that you do for yes. a lot of people? What they'll hear is people given opportunities that yeah. aren't necessarily deserving, yeah. but because they are ticking boxes, yeah, part yeah. of the periphery yeah. and ticking boxes, like Carly said, yeah. they're afforded these things yeah. and it's not necessarily fair. Yeah, I think really importantly, I mean, we don't even use the term EDI anymore, we use mm. the term education and resource because that's what we support for businesses and our community. But what I would say is anyone that understands like the historical context of race in the UK, Europe and further afield mm -hmm. and then understands that we're not all running the same race mm. and then that under also understands that in order to close the gap, equality doesn't really work because we're all starting in different places yeah. with different yeah. disadvantages. If you have that understanding, then you understand why it's necessary. Okay. And if you don't have that understanding, then it feels like a, a tick in the box. What I will say as far as ticking the boxes, and I have these conversations all the time with founders of businesses, CEOs um, and I've sat on boards for, as you mentioned, the Gordon Ramsay Group, Corbin and King, um, uh, Shake Shack. And there's never been a boardroom or board meeting where for each of the key functions there aren't deliverables and there's measures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. It's a business. <laughs> right? it's a business. Like yeah. business. And so if, if we're talking about EDI, we can't just deliver some initiatives and hope that the dynamic of the organisation change. Yeah. There's got to be measures. So... If achieving profitability in a business is ticking a box, then yeah. so is D&I. Yeah. Yeah. You know, simple as that. And it's interesting, actually, because the idea of what it means to progress on EDI, especially around race, often really differs from moving forward on EDI from a gender perspective. And yeah. I find that really interesting because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think people sure. people accept and understand the idea that, if, you know, if, if there's not gender parity, if there's not 50-50 women on boards and that's a problem, but if it's to do with race, then, oh, no, we can't we can't tick boxes. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Feels like very. Same kind of thing. Yeah, very. But I think there's also an issue with intersectionality when that comes along because that's where that you will fill your board with women or maybe not yeah. Phil, <laughs> have a few. Yeah, yeah. And then they will be yeah. white women. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, but course. I think that's because, yeah, the lack of intersectionality, people don't see that, that there could be two or three or four issues that exist at once. Yeah. With someone's gender, the sexuality, like yeah, their yeah. religion, yeah, like sure. so many, so many reasons that yeah. inclusivity mm. is past black and brown and like yeah. white black and brown mm. um so that's that's actually really mm. interesting are there any terms as well you just said that you don't use certain yeah. terms what other terms do you find that are not very useful I within all of the terms <laughs> so I, I move from black and brown to black ethnic minority yeah. i hate that too yeah. i hate all of them i hate them why so what do you because say what do you what do you so, refer so, to so I, i'm a black person i'm a black woman yes and um you know I hate the idea of labels. However, in order to do this work and yeah, to look yeah. at data... And to communicate. We, we have to use yeah. them. And yeah. the, the yeah. latest one is global majority. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, the one, that's, the, that's the one I'm in favour of. And, and I lean to it. However, the audiences that I speak to are really broad. Mm. And some people don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And mm -hmm. I suppose I could educate them. 
or I could use language they understand. Yeah. And that's why I'm I'm at a point, so I've got a new joiner um, to my business later this year and she will be overseeing marketing. She's got a marketing background. And one of her tasks will be our language. Right, yeah. Because if you look at our um, socials, you'll probably see what I've just described to you right. around the language, like, what do yeah. I use? Shall what I use I this? Say? Shall I yeah. use that? Are we underrepresented? I'm just... So... But it's... I'm aware of the term global majority yeah. because my mum has a public sector job and they are constantly up, yeah. like, every, annually, yeah. like, this is what we can say, this is what we yes. can't say, this is what we can't yeah, say, this is yeah. what we can't yeah, say. Yeah. Okay. And I think it was her kind of initiation, uh, not even initiation, yeah. but she was the one that was like, this whole ethnic minority thing's yeah. not working for me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not working for me anymore. Yeah. Because when I look around the room... yeah. But I completely understand when you are saying to someone yeah. like the global majority, they're just going to look at you like, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Or do they even understand that? Do yeah. the people that you're talking to, st- yeah. will they hear global yeah. majority and still think white people? Yeah. We're saying global majority, but for the people listening that, what does that mean? So it means other, like it means everything but white in terms okay. of the way it's being used. But Again, it comes down to identity because it comes down to the big mega market argument like yeah. biracial, yeah. black, yeah, white, yeah, 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 like yeah. one drop rule, yeah. like pencil in your hair, yeah. like da, 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 which is why I was interested to ask, yeah. like, because yeah. I know where I've worked in the music industry and mm. I worked in the music industry coming into 2020 with all the campaigns and I was at a major label and it was the taking away of urban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody woke up on June twenty first, twenty twenty, and was like, "Yeah, I can't say it." It was so crazy because I, I remember seeing how the word was being pushed yeah. into yeah. the industry, and then it just became it was the name of Choice a FM yeah. from Choice FM to Capital Extra Urban Network, and it was that like, the number one black radio yeah. for like most of my childhood. Yeah. And then one day it wasn't. It was crazy it became urban, yeah. but because we couldn't possibly say the word black. Yeah. But, well, that's the thing. It's like that language just wasn't useful yeah. because as well, it it go is. It was historically correct at a point mm, yeah. when black people lived in mm. urban areas, mm. like geographically what made somewhere a city. It was just always black though. But it, it, it only meant black. black. Yeah. It only meant black. So I completely, but just watching that happen, watching yeah. urban fall from grace <laughs> was interesting. <laughs> when she's dying the other day. Bame. I saw them one extra. Mm. They actually have put the word black into their marketing. I saw right. it on the underground and it's like black radio. Yeah, I know. And I actually double took because yeah. I was like, when did yeah. this When did this happen? <laughs> did this happen? Yeah, 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 it was it was like a, one of them like words you just wouldn't say. B A M E that yeah. fell from grace a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now I think I don't know if it's an Americanism, but BIPOC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. 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 Yeah, the the language labels, mm. yeah. aggregating, so, and I, yeah. but for the sake of your data and yeah. and the actual work that you do, yeah, people collect data in those kind of pools. Yeah. Well, I think really importantly, we collect data really broadly, but in terms of robust reporting, it's really impossible, very difficult mm-hmm. to really break that data down so that you can understand and so we can cross tabulate so we can look at trends mm. if you break it down into every single subgroup and that's why this 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 takes place really. you actually so have a, a, a be inclusive hospitality report that you produce yeah we've now. produced four since we incorporated actually so the first was produced by a think tank who analyzed um, census data on our behalf and then since then we've run surveys every year called the inside hospitality survey and what are they telling people what are the reports yeah. telling people um like that... top line i'm hoping it's changing yeah, every yeah, year yeah. but no line... no it's not okay um, <laughs> bearing in mind though we started during the pandemic so yeah. it's been an interesting time in itself we've gone from 387 respondents to this year 3000 right so wow. the the pool has grown Incredible. significantly but the themes are pretty much the same in that if you are black you're more likely to be in a zero hour contract if you're white you're more likely to be higher paid if you're Asian, you're more likely to be a part-time role. Um, 
there are career aspirations and positivity about the industry broadly across mm-hmm. all races and ethnicities, but there's disparity in access. Right. Is the overarching theme. Yeah. And there's also real lack of education around EDI, specifically around race in the industry. Mm-hmm. But there is a it's it's I think it's um about fifty four percent of respondents consistently have wanted to access it. So we use that data and say, okay, yeah. people want to access education. Yeah. We deliver a lot of workshops up and down the country on race, inclusion, and um, equity. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting. I need to people read might need to read that report. Yeah. That, I mean, um, we're popping up on Instagram the other day. Really? Yeah, yeah. what's his name? Old Tom. Oh, yeah. He didn't oh. read the report. Clearly, <laughs> he didn't read the report. Yeah. But you know what? And that's what that's why we call it education and resource because mm. I think there are obviously people fall into one of many categories in this world, and there's some like idiots out here. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that just they just don't know. They're uneducated and they're ignorant. Yeah. And I think what really amazed me as a Brummie coming down here and coming down to London, being such a diverse city, but there is just such segregation in many ways in terms of how people interact Mm. you know people are down here in a city that is i think probably 50 percent um 50 percent global majority Um, (laughs) and like are in spaces bars social circles with no people that don't look like them yeah Yeah. you know i find it i find it crazy i find especially like moving from birmingham and i'm like what I find it crazy, and I've I've been in work environments like that. Yeah, my, to be honest, my whole career. Yeah, like, Fact. which is you know what I mean, whole, both. My which whole is career. like my whole yeah. career. Which to, I don't I don't want to say that in terms of like I've worked a hundred jobs. I've yeah. worked very few amount yeah, of jobs, yeah, yeah. but they've all pretty yeah, much had yeah, that yeah. same situation. Yeah. But I think what's most telling to me, mm. which as people who are growing businesses, mm. it's easy because it's essentially okay. You look at our business, mm. and we're one in the same. Yeah. So it's like I completely understand why you start something mm. and you grab the nearest person that you know that you trust, whatever, and then they grab the nearest person that they know and trust, and it's likely to be birds of a feather. Mm-hmm. But I, but I think the issue there is that people mm. are not making an effort to mm. be diverse or inclusive mm-hmm. or less ignorant. Personally, mm. that's where it starts, of I think, for does. me. Because yeah, yeah, if all your friends, if you yeah. can't lean onto a single other person mm. that isn't mm. the same as you, that starts at home and yeah, within your friendship circles. Yeah. I think that's that's the thing that's really telling when these people get to a point in their businesses mm. and when they're running global or national mm-hmm. restaurant chains and companies with massive audiences, especially online, and they're just like, but this is no different to my life. Like, it's not like I've gone out of my way to make my business yeah. white. Well, that's, that's just, the excuse. Just, yeah, well, that's just, the reasoning given. Exactly. Yeah. And fair enough, like, I don't want to be anyone's token black friend either. Like, but I think it starts there. If someone is listening yeah, that definitely. is trying to start something yeah. and they're worried about running into the issue of that, of not being diverse or mm-hmm. not being inclusive in any way, probably start close. Yeah. <laughs> start yeah. close and make sure that Absolutely. your life looks like that. Because mm-hmm. also, and this uh, this might come up in your mm-hmm. report, it's all well language you like hiring these people if you don't even know how to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I would say is that I think when you look at your kind of immediate circle or your trusted 10 and... 10? You, you know... <laughs> you, you got 10? <laughs> to be fair, I say trusted 10 because it's an exercise that we do. Okay. And uh, I say this because... If they are, if they look like you, then how are you learning about people that are different? And that's what you've got to question. Mm-hmm. Because if you are not actively seeking out information, you'll just fall victim to a lot of stereotypes and yep. inaccurate information yeah. that is out there in the ether about people like us that isn't correct, yeah. right? And I think that's what it speaks to is actually how are you educating yourself yeah, more than yeah, anything, exactly. you know? Um, and, and also, you know, uh, as you said, Diversity is a metric and a lot of businesses were really pushing towards more diverse people, but actually, how do you interact? So years ago, I'm not gonna mention which company, but I was on a board of a business and the CEO, like I'd bump into him in the kitchen and I could tell he's never spoken to a black person before. <laughs> That's what yeah, he was yeah. so uneasy. Yeah, you know when you can just see you, you the can feel the tension. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just looking at him and and I'm just like looking at him like, what the hell is wrong with this man? Yeah. You you know, it, ultimately Fine, you don't know someone like me, but 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 people are what, what I was just gonna say, what am I like? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Human? Like so anyway, loads to loads of work to do. Yeah. I think importantly moving in the right direction. Um and uh yeah, just a huge amount of education required in the space. 
So you work with businesses of all sizes, founded and owned by people of all different backgrounds. Me too. However, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's talk about black owned businesses. Okay. Do you work with black owned businesses? Are there black owned businesses that still run into this kind of problem? Do you find like not so, having a diverse? No. So, so to, to really separate it. So the businesses that we really consult with and we take on an educational journey about race, are the big businesses that you would recognise you would dine out at, right? In terms of the people of colour that sit within our community, Mm -hmm. we support them with access to funding, mentorship, Mm -hmm. scholarships, et cetera, et cetera. So if you you are of colour, that's generally the part of your business that you're working with. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, well, that's good to know. So, so you're you're giving them like the fundamentals or the access to growth, growth. exactly, their businesses. exactly, so okay. that they don't exactly. end up being the big company yeah. that need it in the first place. Okay, cool. Okay, that's interesting. Well, no, sorry. Oh, so, oh, so. go on, go on. So, 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 in terms of how we support them, so mentorship, social capital, mm-hmm. grant funding. So that one was in partnership with Uber. Um, what else do we provide? Scholarships so people can study mm-hmm. for free and it's funded by a third party. So we basically want people to level up. We want to upskill and support upward yeah. mo- social mobility for business founders yeah. from right. our community. I like that. I like that because me and Harley have been talking. Mm-hmm. And so the conversation we're constantly having is obviously we're aware of the inequality mm-hmm. we're aware of the lack of access mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what can we do also to help us are we doing everything that we can within the community to help ourselves to empower ourselves mm-hmm. to put ourselves in these positions mm-hmm. and ready ourselves for these opportunities mm-hmm. if they do and when they do pop up we say that because when we think about something as fundamental as like service mm-hmm. within the industry, in the hospitality yeah. industry, which is quite service heavy, mm-hmm. the level of service that we are perceived to provide mm-hmm. generally is quite low. Yeah. Um, as, as a community, yeah. the Jama- yeah. Misery's West Indian yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Has, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, so what are we, are we actually doing everything that we can? Yeah, we are. And the reason why I say, yeah, mm-hmm. we are because... When I think about black-owned restaurants in the UK in particular, the why, so why that restaurant has opened Mm -hmm. is often to serve community. When I think about like, there's so many Caribbean restaurants that are owned by our elders, um, you know, that are like like 10, 20 years older Mm. than me, right? And so their why was to service our community. Mm -hmm. Service was not at the forefront forefront of their minds. It was actually about providing food of our heritage Mm -hmm. that their communities can access, right? And then you throw into the mix the fact that, I don't know if you've read this stat before, but when there's one pound of British wealth, white wealth in this country, Caribbean community have equivalent 20 pence in the pound. 20 Mm. pence in the pound, right? So when you look at disparity from an economic perspective and also in terms of access, whether that is access to education, that's access to finance, Mm -hmm. you look at all of these things, the playing field is not level. Mm. So I think that black communities in this country have faced huge amounts of barriers Mm -hmm. after barrier after barrier to live, let alone build a business and thrive. And then what I also add to that is it will be no surprise to you that most of the CEOs that I've worked for or with, they're best friends with the other CEOs and they all know each other. Yeah, right? They yeah, have a network. It's a network. They yeah. buy from the same people in terms of, uh, you know, glassware and plateware. They learn from each other in terms of how to scale a business. Yeah. How to create generational wealth from a hospitality business. In the UK, this knowledge and social capital does not exist in hospitality for black businesses. So I think when you factor that in, I would say that we're doing the best we can. I was I think yeah, that, I was about to say that. I yeah. think that the, the reason why when we think about black businesses in the UK moving forward, they're generally West African, mm-hmm. is because in terms of um when I mentioned about the Caribbean community have twenty P in the pound, mm-hmm. African community had 10 pence in the pound but this report I think is three years old and I have no doubt at all that if you look at that again it's going to change and there'll be a point very soon I suspect that the African community definitely take over yeah Yeah. absolutely and so um why do you think that is 
Um, I mean, why do I think that is? Speculate. Uh, no, no. <laughs> allegedly. No, allegedly. No, no, but no, the no. Internet. <laughs> what I was going to say is that like the, all of these things are, are pretty complex in terms of the house. So yeah. if you go back to when um, Caribbean people came to the UK, so um, when we were invited here, um, <laughs> quote unquote, yeah, when we were invited here um, or, or countries, islands from the Commonwealth were invited here, you know, Jamaican community were probably the largest black community at that time, right? And we came over and we dealt with a lot of nonsense, obviously, struggled mm-hmm. to get housing, did get housing, club together, bought houses, yeah. you know, started to move forward. Partners. Yeah, yeah. and all I that I still do my stuff. partner. Do you? Yeah, really? I would never stop doing a partner, yeah. Really? I love it, but I grew up with my mum yeah. doing it. Like yeah. just in my family, it's, yeah. it's a thing for yeah. me. So it's a way that, it's something probably I'll never let go of. And it's really? just a little something just to, it's, yeah. So I had one years ago, you know, when I was in Birmingham, I can't remember how long ago, but... um. That's interesting. Yeah. Keeping the culture you alive. Might do a social, so Sunderman self partner. Oh. <laughs> and he said, "No, thank you." No, no, but I'm like, you know, I'm sitting here shocked because I mentioned a partner to you like three years ago. And you didn't oh. tell me this. How? <laughs> Don't remember. Anyway, continue, Lorraine. Um, and um, and then you look at um, you know, people from different parts of Africa coming over. Obviously, kind of the time span of like a decade or so continue mm. to build and then people were coming over um who were doctors nurses mm-hmm. to fill the labor gap labor, like, yeah. yeah you know i think that there's a combination of, of reasons here but also obviously slavery happened um and obviously slavery did happen also in, in parts of, of africa too but our, our history is very different our starting point is very different and so if your starting point is very different your outcomes will be very different yeah. right Especially, yeah, in this country. In this country, yeah. yeah. Or we're in, in whatever country. Sure. Yeah. So we yeah, currently yeah, have been yeah. listening to 80 countries. So we yeah. have to add, yeah. add, yeah. add a little, little context. In, in, in the, the UK. UK. In the UK. In, in the point, at the yeah. point of um, us recording this, that's yeah. how we feel yeah. about yeah. about the landscape. That That is completely yeah. true. Like yeah. the, the, the disparity... And not to say disparity mm. in terms of like super negatively, mm. but there is a difference. There's a difference. There's, yeah. there's, there's a difference. difference. Like, I think it's important to yeah. acknowledge, acknowledge that and not to not to just take the situation where we're at right now. Yeah. Because like you said, these these things have roots and go back to the past because yeah. it, 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 it's informed the future, right? Yeah. But I also think it um I think that's interesting mm. because we do look back a lot, mm. but I think there's an expectation, especially people are not as well-traveled as yeah. they like to think they are. But I've not been to West Africa. I've not been to Africa at all. Mm-hmm. But I just can tell from the way that it's documented online, the way my friends experience it, that even the development in the on the continent yeah. is different to what's yeah, going on in the is, Caribbean. Yeah. Like where it we're is. currently at in it terms is. of back home, it massive is. air quotes. Yeah. The, the landscape is different. Yeah. The money that's it coming is. back and forward it is economic is growth. The economic is very growth. different. Yeah. But the, you know what? I the support, say, the sending money, yeah. sending money back home, but also money coming yeah. from back home. That's yeah. only happening yeah. in one of these yeah. cultures. It's not. It's not happening but in both ways. I think when you look at somewhere like Ghana, mm. Ghana from the outside mm-hmm. looking in mm-hmm. economically, there's so much opportunity there. There's a lot going on there. Without knowing all of the facts, mm. there's a lot of Chinese investment mm. in somewhere like Ghana. And so it's like- And Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. as well. But that for, mm. for example, yeah. that kind of, it's like the money is there, but yeah. you have to also have to kind of look behind the smoke yeah, screens course, a little bit to see what's really going but on. You make but a, there's opportunity there. And you I, make and a valid I, point I, I do though. think there are people that are investing yeah. more. But the Chinese investment and the general Asian investment into Africa is, has been happening for longer. Yeah. Mm. The Chinese investment into Jamaica specifically, which I can only, that's the one I've seen with my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> that's yeah. the one I've seen it's with my eyes. Since new roads, is, yeah. is highways. Yeah, it's, it's since highway. Like that's, yeah. that's not 20, 30 years. That's like yeah. 10, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fi- like five, yeah. 10. And even that has been met with a lot of hostility. Mm. So I, I, I didn't think to ask, mm. but I'm glad we've had this little bit of a conversation yeah. to say like the, the, le- the, the level, the playing field is not level between the ethnic groups or the it's countries not, or the yeah. continents at all, let alone then the second generation British born person from that community. Yeah. Like, I think that's another thing. We kind of start measuring from how far back were you born here? Mm. Like that's where we start. Mm. So if, if you're 
I don't know, Nigerian grandma, and then your mum was born here. Okay, cool, same here. Mm, yeah. Not the same. Mm. Not the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think, yeah, history is just, it's really important to understand and recognise in terms of looking at where we are here and now and also what happens in the future, so. The initial question that was just asked when we went off on a crazy tangent was, are we doing enough? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, 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 I forgot that. We're yeah. doing the best we can with what we so. got. Yeah. I believe with so. what we got. <laughs> what? Oh. Yeah, I was just going to just add to that by saying we're doing the best we can. But I think that many, many people start businesses for different reasons, right? And I I really do believe with the experiences I've had in takeaways to restaurants, people start businesses in hospitality and food for the love of the food, right? And love of the culture and wanting to share that. Mm But actually, you know, in some instances, these individuals, great heart, great talent, but not armed with the skills and the know-how on how to do that and build a successful business. And customer services being a really important part in that, Mm -hmm. right? Some people just don't know what they don't know. And I just, I always try and lead with empathy, especially when it comes to our community, because like, there's been some challenges, there's continued to be some challenges, right? And um, it's tough, tough out here. What I was going to ask you is mm. what is the... If we're doing the best we can with what we got, mm. what's the next thing we need? Yeah. yeah. In terms of... To, to do what? Like, in terms of to level up. Yeah. yeah. Like, continuous improvement. Continuous. Yeah. So we know... Well, is it access to money? Like, what do you think the next thing is? So we discussed this a lot. Give the listeners a insight to behind the Sonder yeah. Assault scenes yeah. in terms yeah. of, like, how to grow this podcast. Yeah. Like, there are 100 ways to grow yeah, this podcast. Yeah. What's the next? What's the yeah. first one? What's the yeah. What's the most important one that is going to be the best stepping stone to potentially mm-hmm. for others? Yeah. Is it investment within the yeah. community? Is it um, business plans? It, is it, it? It's it's not any one thing. You know, like, you'll have seen this year the amount of, like, even black female-led businesses that have accessed investment that have gone under. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's not any one thing because investment alone is not going to result in someone thriving Facts. if you don't have business know-how yeah, and know how to run a business. The money just blew you know, very quickly. And quite easily. Yeah, very quickly. Um, you know, um, sustaining a business requires so many hats. You have to wear so many hats, do so many things, absolutely access investment. Mm-hmm. But what what is that next thing? Is it, is it, maybe is it investment, but that isn't monetary? Is it more like a Dragon's Den model or a like Alan Sugar model where yes, we'll give you money, yeah. but it comes with me. Of course, me. of course. Like it comes because with me. I think there's just too much. Yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about in terms of like watching some of these businesses yeah. that have got funding go under. And just there's some, money at just it. throwing money at yeah. it. And yeah. like just going for seed yeah. funding, like yeah. angel investment yeah. and people, yeah. People potentially wanting to tick the boxes that we spoke about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some people out there that have got money that want to say they've got, yeah, they're, they're they've attached got it to hand, different like, things. Oh, yeah, I've invested yeah. in a black owned business or whatever. Yeah. And I think personally, I wonder if it's mm-hmm. that, if it's to encourage any listener that has a, a business mm-hmm. that they don't just need money, that the money needs to come, there has to be some value, especially if that person's expecting something mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but you've said education quite a bit, Lorraine, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. fundamentally, at the, like the for me anyway, the basis of anything is to be educated and to have the knowledge. And so whether you're going to seek the knowledge when you get the money or you're going to acknowledge that in order for me to grow this thing, yeah. I need to yeah. educate myself. Yeah. Or, yeah. This is a business. Absolutely. So I need to seek out that business. Yeah. knowledge to try and run my business yeah. as best as I can it's not it's not a little if, yeah, if, if yeah. that's what you want that's fine yeah. but if you are trying to grow a business and yeah. scale a business you have to treat it like a business not a passion project yeah. or, or oh, anything definitely. else and, and now you've said that I've got three things that I think are like really essential one is access to to money so whether that's investment um or otherwise the other is social capital it's so valuable and mm. so undervalued. What do you like mean by that? Social capital, your network, yeah. right? Accessing people that can either connect you with someone that knows or knows someone that knows or is that person that knows. Yeah. Hugely powerful. It's it's pay, played such a huge role in our journey, my personal journey, essential, and education as well. So when you think about those three things, so if you really understand how to run a business and what you need to do to mm. run a business, the types of people you need around you to run that business as well as having money, as well as having a network. I'd say those are the kind of three key things. 
that come to mind immediately. Yeah. So then the next step for a lot of these businesses... It's an exhaustive list. So it seems then that of those three things, there is money going around and that potentially the thing that's letting some of our businesses down that we want to support is the other two things. Yeah. Because there is money going around. There's money out there. There's, there's, well, there's, there's money out there, but do you know how, how what percentage uh, black access. founders access? Yeah. Te- I think a venture, literally earlier today, speaking to someone that runs a business and they produce um, research on... Um, venture capital mm. investment and they released a report in 2020 and they looked over a 10-year period and 0.24% I believe 22. of 0.24% of VC investment went to black founders and it was something like 0.002 or 0.02% went to black female black founders female so something to that effect look it up I can't remember the less than half a percent yeah, yeah literally point, like, the, the point the is point, there yeah like <laughs> Less than really half anything. a and percent. So, yeah. so understand this. Is that UK-based data, sorry? Yes. UK-based yeah, yeah, yeah. data. Yeah, yeah. So understand this. Like, you know, I mentioned I've worked for um, some major brands, it's Gordon Ramsay being one. He's the most famous chef in the world. It's not his money that has scaled his business to be global. Mm-hmm. Understand this. And he is a, he's, he's a really talented chef. He's a really nice person with really interpersonal skills. <laughs> that was yeah. one of our questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, later question. I love a bit of gold. You know, yeah. Yeah. Someone, and you can see beyond him being a, a talented chef, you yeah. can see why he's moved forward. He's just got something about him. Yeah, it's charisma. How he interacts. He's yeah. just um you better believe it's not his money that me that has resulted in him having a a, a state across the US, yeah. the Middle Academy, East, yeah. France, chains, up and down it's, the UK, it's TV shows. It's a whole global operation. Like, it's it, crazy. It's not his money. Yeah. He's very wealthy, but it's not his money. Yeah. So understand this with hospitality. I hear people often throw around the term of, of generational wealth and mm. hospitality. And I sometimes think a lot of people don't really understand what that means. Gordon Ramsay's estate will be generational wealth. The Soho House Group will be generational um, wealth. The patty shop is not generational wealth. <laughs> no, we need the camera, and, we need to and, and, and I say the patty shop is not. If the patty shop could become a global empire, yeah. our community's perception on hospitality would completely transform. Mm. More people would want to move into the sector too. And it's possible. I think acknowledging that there is a process and there is a way to do something is important to get yourself if you don't know what you need to get ready for you'll never be ready yeah like, that's just the reality of the situation so yeah, you have exactly. to like we always say to each other <laughs> stay ready so you don't have to get ready yeah. because you don't know like you said the network is important you really could be important. talking to that person and you're not ready and he's just gonna think or he or she whoever is just gonna think this person's not serious yeah you say you've got a little business but you don't know your numbers you don't you don't have yeah. a plan where you had mentioned about the amount of investment that go that the amount of VC um, venture capital investment that goes into the black community and even beyond that to black women, is there enough of us even taking that chance, taking that step, mm-hmm. particularly in any industry, but particularly mm-hmm. within the hospitality mm-hmm. industry? But there isn't necessarily always the respect for the hospitality industry yeah, from the community. Yeah, it's a, people just see it as, why would you want to go and cook? And you're not going to make no money off of, of that. Course. Like you said, there's other things you can do that yeah. seem more attractive, like yeah. going into medicine or something science-based. Yeah. So how do we kind of get people mm. to understand the wealth within yeah. the hospitality industry outside of the money just in terms of the fact that you've worked in supply and purchasing yeah, that is one that's the hospitality yeah. industry but yeah, it's course. still a different area and you know the thing is i think around the the money side i think beyond no illusion that if you're in head office in in um in the hospitality you're earning a very good salary mm. like a very very good salary um and i'm not motivated by money but I wouldn't have been there for as long as I was if I wasn't earning yeah, a really good paid. salary. <laughs> like, really good, comparable to what you earn in the city. Like, good money. I think that a lot of people don't know... You know, a lot of people don't know about hospitality as an industry. I used to go to networking events all the time with SIPs mm-hmm. and uh, Dollars Dishwater. Um, but when I used to tell people what I do, they'd be like, oh... Oh, I didn't know. Because people were buying computers and oil and IT systems. All this dull stuff, which I would never in my life be interested in procurement in that area. But 
I was buying champagne, wine, food, <laughs> crockery, glassware, everything you see within a restaurant, mm-hmm. my team and I would buy. So I was traveling to France to drink champagne. <laughs> Good days. old days. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, uh, you know, in my position, I was selective on the trips I went on. But if you like food and drink and you don't want to stand in a restaurant working as an operator and... Um, that, you know, there's just a breadth of different types of roles that exist. But for me, procurement, absolutely thought there would be nothing that I would do for a career that I enjoy more. And I do enjoy being inclusive hospitality more and still keep my toe dipped in um, oh, on the procurement oh, side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just, it's so enjoyable because hospitality is a hospitable industry. Mm, yeah. There are loads of amazing people. People, yeah. yeah. Amazing people. And to buy things that you're personally interested in it's just like like a dream. And yeah. I once said to like one of my old bosses years ago that I would only ever leave this industry for fashion. But then I heard about the fashion industry. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm not going <laughs> no, anywhere. No, not doing that. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. That's super yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because I think that might be kind of just to go back to what you said about people starting businesses, but they don't, they're don't they not necessarily the business leader. Mm. But you can be the ideator of something. Of and then outsource the things yeah. that you're not strongest at. And it doesn't take away yeah. from you being the founder yeah. of the thing. Definitely and not. And I think there's, like, there are a lot of people that I've like noted around on LinkedIn and just mm. generally that are incredible founders, but they are not the CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that takes yeah. a lot of self-awareness and yeah, skill of it does. To, to say, I have this incredible idea for yeah. this food concept yeah. or, yeah. you know, I've actually, I've curated the menu. I've like, everything about this is me, but I can't, like, yeah. I'm not good at yeah, that. Like, yeah, I can't sure. do this thing. And I don't know how to barter. I don't yeah. know how to organize yeah. and that kind of thing. And I think people, myself included, Mm. try and do everything mm-hmm. and then fail like yeah. and I think definitely yeah. I hope if anyone is listening particularly to get these gems from Lorraine about like what it takes to yeah to start a business or scale a business that being the jack of all trades master of none definitely not. is Doesn't not work. the way to grow it, it work, it, yeah it works for a period of time to get it started yeah, yeah. but in terms of scaling um you know what excites me most about my business at the moment we're in a, now in a position where I can employ people mm. and I can't wait to bring on my person so I had someone before he left but the person to oversee marketing and events and all that jazz and then bring on someone to really develop nurture our re- partnerships because I love doing them all but actually I'm the CEO of the business I needn't be doing them all like I need to get the right people in place yeah so that I can focus on the mission longer term and also do all of my own like passion projects outside of the mm-hmm. business so they do say that like a good a good leader is clear on what they're not good at, yeah, and they own. they're my good own. at identifying the people that are good yeah. at yeah, those yeah, things and to build that empire. Definitely, so, yeah. I would say though, as a leader, and this isn't me being big headed, I'm quite well rounded. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you know, I genuinely yeah. am. No, give um, yourself a flower. No, 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 yeah. I am, but I don't have time on my side. So yeah. when you don't have time, the quality of everything just like yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm quite mad, but anyway. Well, more more on Lorraine. Let's 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 talk more yeah. on Lorraine. Um, your career. We've touched on it here and there. How how have you managed to get to this position? You're a relatively extremely young woman sitting here. Mm-hmm. Spring chicken. Spring chicken. Spring chicken sitting here, and I just feel like like you do hear some of this information if you're interested from the people sitting on the Dragon's Den panel that mm-hmm. are like 60 years in, retired already, just got money on their hands, whatever, they know how to do it all. You're very much still in it, but I mean, I've looked at your LinkedIn. Well, yeah, we had a we we yeah. And it's like, you've, you've, I don't want to say like flown through the ranks, you've done solid stints mm. at companies, but how have you managed to be in this position of founding your own successful business mm. And keeping your toe in that other world and having such a well-rounded, like, career and everything in an industry that you acknowledge is not built to allow you to do this. Okay. I'd say this. I'd say, um, I'd say that, uh, I think it's been a combination of things. So I am not the person that's going to sit here and say, you know... If you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work hard, you can make it. 24 hours in the day. You can make it. You can do it. I'm not that person. But what I will say is there's a combination of factors that have contributed to me moving forward. There's one is actually being able to apply myself 
and being effective in producing impact. What I mean by that is why I love procurement and supply chain is because you can quantify it. You could never debate with me whether I added value. We saved £750,000. Right. Like, what is that to talk about? <laughs> yeah, Do you know right. what I mean? And that's why I loved it. I always yeah. had it like... I think that's why I like thing. it too. Yeah. Yeah, because I work Can't in supply debate. chain. It's, Can't debate it. The numbers are the number. It's so data-driven exactly. that once something has been executed and you can justify it in the data, it's there. There's, there's nothing yeah. to say here. So, <laughs> so that's one thing. The second is something I love about my career today and love now is people love building relationships and collaborating with people that has served me well um and some luck as well I would say has definitely played its part um and I think my personality has enabled me to kind of be in spaces that haven't always been pleasant but find people to align with that are great and that have supported me on my career. Uh, what I would say, though, is when you look at my career and you look at progress, that is not something that I sat there thinking, oh, you know, I want to be a director. I want to be... Mm, that that mm. wasn't even a thing for me personally. I just tried to really focus and being present in every situation I was in. And then after, I'd say, like, for the past, since 2000 and seven i've not applied for a job oh the, the opportunities nice. have come to you they found me yeah nice. that's crazy since 2007 2007 we're in 2023 yeah. no you no know. sorry was it 2007 it was 2011 so i started yeah. that job in 2007 and 2011 i got overlooked for a promotion and i remember the company called me on my work phone like you know landline yeah yeah <laughs> and i remember being like hello you're calling me up. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> That's so cheeky. And, and we got off on the wrong foot, but then I got to like them because yeah. then the ball and then... Anyway, so yeah, since since 2011, I'm not applied for a job. Headhunting and... Yeah. Or headhunt, being headhunted. Yeah. And... But I think it's, it's, it's good that you've acknowledged that some of it is your personality, your mentality yeah, as well. Me and Harley are always talking about... Personality. Like, yeah. personality and just, like, keeping ourselves in a particular mental state Definitely. to be progressive yeah. as well and Definitely. to acknowledge that how you show up as Definitely. well to people is important. Because something I missed from this, which is really important, and it's been like a key thread throughout my life, is mindset mm -hmm. and psychology. So I studied psychology at college, loved it. And since that time, it's been my like, I never really really read non-fiction books in a big way always read like nlp books neuro-linguistic programming coaching books mindset books um like always and then mm. 2018 did the life coaching diploma and for me that was is why i'm here now because i just really got to know myself in a way but point making is that i firmly believe mindset is everything and that definitely has been such a major part of my journey. I am the kind of person that if I try something or I want something and the door's closed, I'll find another door. I'll find another door. Mm -hmm. And I'll continue to find a door until I get one. I'm relentless yeah. Yeah. in like my pursuit of what I want if I'm driven to, to achieve something. And also looking after yourself as well, because we're humans, right? Yeah. Um, and... Um, I'm just telling you all of this because I think all of them together have, as a combination has contributed to me moving forward 100%. as well as my friends and family and you know like all yeah, of them, yeah, all yeah, the things everything. but mindset that mindset I meet people all the time <laughs> I, I meet people Literally. all the time that are just, is this for the listeners or is this for us yeah like, <laughs> like Literally. Just, yeah. I meet so many people all the time that are amazing talents great business ideas like should be soaring and they're in their own way. Wow. <laughs> wow. We'll take that one offline. Yeah. Um, well, no, I appreciate you adding that piece yeah. of context because what I was going to say as you were going through the list, I was like, why isn't she saying confidence? Why isn't she yeah, saying confidence? I was like, why isn't she saying confidence? Because yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. we've, we've met you in very, well, yeah, I've met yeah. you in very like yeah, particular yeah. circumstances yeah. and obviously those are not the difficult circumstances that I've met you, like amazing dinners and yeah, uh, panel yeah, talks yeah, yeah. and places where you're really thriving and confident yeah. and they're positive places yeah. for you to be in. But to be in those positive places and 
be the most confident person in the room or the most mm. confident person in the panel. Like when we saw you speak at um, the British Library food season this yeah. year and there were points and mm. questions that you were being asked where you were definitely not afraid to be different to the other people mm. yeah. on the panel and you were not afraid to say the, the truth of the yeah. matter and yeah. like you're very well informed. Yeah. Like you, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. literally coming out with statistics on the top of your head knowing what studies they're from mm. and things yeah. like that and those are the things that, that is the education that mm. you're saying that the community yeah. needs and, and it's like it's empowering yeah. to, to know your stuff to know what you're and talking we, about we said this yeah. we said this when we spoke to Melissa Thompson on mm. a couple of episodes ago which was basically that we find what she's done in documenting Jamaican food and the research very brave mm-hmm. like to be the person that's going to do that thing and be like right feed it to the lions this is what Jamaican food is and like run back and yeah. that's very brave I think the same thing I've asked to you like to be the person that's going to like Put, stick your neck out mm. and kind kind of speak on behalf of the community, but kind of not. Like that's that's mm. a dangerous <laughs> dangerous place to be in yeah. anyway. But that takes a confidence that like you don't just you don't just wake up one day and decide mm. to you know to do that kind yeah. of thing or to to found a business to in be a this, pandemic in a yeah. pandemic like thinking, but... all of the, all of the things that you've done. Yeah. This is us, us, yeah. us giving us yeah. us giving you your flowers yeah. is very much that what you're doing is incredible and that yeah. don't like be too humble about it because it's like yeah. I don't know big you. Deal. I don't. It's it's not, big I don't deal. know you. I don't. Yeah. I'm asking these questions for the sake of that. Yes, it's interesting for the yeah. listener, but like it's interesting for me too. Like mm. I want to know this stuff, and it's, it's you're so so interesting, mm. so brave, and I think the confidence is. It's theirs. Yeah. It's it exudes. It's it's inspiring. It's, 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 it's inspiring. Yeah. Like I have absolutely no in- interest in opening a uh, hospitality business, like in that scale. But it's inspiring just li- yeah. listening to the little things that you're saying. But but just talking to you both, what I I think what you would do potentially, I think what I would do if you had an investor come to you and say. Here's five million pounds. I'd fall in You love the hospitality industry. (laughs) I will give you this money conditionally on you doing something to imprint who you are, your Mm. culture, your food on the UK hospitality scene. What does that look like? I have an idea of what that looks like for me personally. Okay. Because I, I have I have a Dragon's Den idea that I've okay. had since I was about okay. 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, okay. I've had Dragon's Den since I was about 11. It was me wow. and my cousin yeah. sitting in Jamaica. And we, yeah, I've got a little idea of what okay. that looks like. It's not something okay. I've ever really properly re- revisited. Yeah, yeah. But if there was five million pounds on the table, okay. I'd okay. come up with a few things. Yeah. Okay. But okay. yeah, I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting question. I would open a restaurant and I'd open a hair chain, uh, as in selling hair products. With mm. hairdressers inside too, but I, I definitely when I was about fourteen or fifteen, I came up with like Lorenz restaurants, which yeah. obviously has now been done. <laughs> really, I wrote a business plan and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's always been like um, I love food, I love our culture, and um, you know when you think about, I don't know if your parents did, but my dad, like, um, was an avid pub go out in Birmingham there's loads of Caribbean pubs mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. in the 90s 1890s yeah, playing his um, dominoes there was good music there was yeah. food this would be a jackpan at the back <laughs> the vibe and yeah. when you think about pubs I worked in the pub industry and if the pub is black owned or black run mm-hmm. the environment that you're able to communicate mm-hmm. is just uh, com- create is beautiful well um there's a what's the one in south london prince oh, beckham yeah, prince beckham and it's popular. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is, popular. It is, it is. yeah but and, and don't get me wrong no clem is amazing and what i love is he serves all parts of the community mm-hmm. um and it's it's amazing space but he has created what i love about pubs but what i would love to create is a restaurant slash pub type chain Mm -hmm. that is centered in our community Mm -hmm. and if i had five million pounds i'd definitely do that because i I have the know-how i would not you would not see me in the restaurant apart from eating there Mm -hmm. um and socializing there there would have to be a team to execute Mm. but with someone else's money with like huge investment i'd do that mine and i spoke about this last night at dinner actually one of mine not the one i'm thinking of then is actually a black wedding venue so when I say that, I'm, mm. I feel like when we have... Yeah. Th- there are very particular elements to black weddings, some of which you can kind of yeah. homogenise. Yeah. But say, for example, Nigerians like an entrance. Yeah. The venues are not necessarily designed around a way yeah. that can make an entrance work. Yeah. Like, 
I feel like what we what we often do is put our weddings in Asian spaces mm. because of the similarities, yeah. like a good yeah. Indian wedding with a horse entrance. Or yeah. it, it, it kind of there's the grandeur in the decor, the grandeur in the yeah. decor. But there's also other parts of it, like we like to drink. Yeah. Some of the Asian venues, mm. Asian owned venues, don't cater to that yeah. aspect mm. of things. A hall party, mm-hmm. having some uh, uh, having a venue that allows people to get food without queuing in a way that block. There's a, I feel like there's yeah. a lot of things about Just venues yeah. that are square rooms. Mm. Yeah. that are not around blackness mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like our weddings we like to have a live band and a dj mm-hmm. we like to have a dance floor we like to have our elders there in a way that people are going to need to sit down i just think there's so many things mm-hmm. every time i go to a black wedding i'm just like Mm-mm, this ain't mine <laughs> like this ain't mine this ain't mine but it's to no fault of the yeah, people yeah, yeah, married yeah, of they probably yeah, don't yeah. want it like that either yeah. soundproofing yeah. like having it somewhere that is accessible people we like to drive mm. we like to drive like um probably Mm, depending on the wedding but like big car pools mm. of like wedding party and stuff like that mm. I think I think that would be my five million pound yeah. idea because there's that massive one they've put on the A406 um, really? near Tottenham yeah yeah, yeah near yeah. what was the Ikea yeah okay. yeah it's not that, London, they, isn't it? that, yeah. oh sorry oh sorry <laughs> That not place, that place is making bread. Yeah, it's expensive. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it nice? I've never been inside. No. For me, you're on the A four hundred six. You're already at a loss for me personally. Mm. But I've heard like right. inside, okay. it's really really pretty. It's grand. It's like it's not one venue, yeah. but it's a massive venue. It's got multi rooms, it's got car mm. parks, it's got all sorts. But I think that would be my mm. five million pound. Hospitality. Yeah. I want a little B and B. But I would I would have a restaurant. Oh, nice. Yeah, but I like not a B and B, a boutique hotel. Okay. That's what I nice. I would like to be run in yeah. a very particular way. Oh, that would be because nice, I think yeah. the hospitality that I mm. have grown up with, the level of detail that mm. I'm used to and the, the small little niceties that I'm used to in the hospitality, just from what I've experienced and what I've grown up in mm. and the the kind of intimate homely feel that you can create yeah i would like i would like that but i would like a restaurant that i'd never have to yeah. lift a finger in yeah yeah, yeah, yeah never yeah, with yeah. a menu yeah, yeah the way that i like yeah yeah, yeah the From- service that i like mm. nice open kitchen mm. cocktails probably what would be called a fusion global menu kind of global fusion global, global fusion type uh, of so not mean? global you know what i mean say. What no, does that mean? because <laughs> i say global because it wouldn't be just Jamaican, mm. it would probably be a bit more, obviously when you're running a business, you kind of have to give people what they want, but there would be a part of it that is centered around what I like or my experiences. And I don't eat Jamaican food every single day. And some of my favorite dishes beyond I can stop bread fruit are not Jamaican. So I think within the African diaspora, black oh, yeah, community, sure. yeah, yeah. there's so many, things that can yeah. be explored and put on a menu in a way that actually gels well together yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's not clashing that mm. I would want something I would want something like that we had an episode in the early days and mm. I hardly asked me if I had rice and peas on my menu and I probably wouldn't mm. if I'm being honest yeah would yeah. I mm. I think I would yeah yeah you're keeping it traditional it, um, fairly, for a Jamaican restaurant I think fairly yeah. yeah. I think that my desire to open a restaurant if I did mm-hmm. it's not like a, a yeah, urge or anything, but would be around culture and sharing mm-hmm. culture through food. And I think that, um, I think that our food's the best. Um, and people need to know. No, I'm only joking. No, I, do, <laughs> I do believe our food is great. Yeah. And I think that I want people to access and enjoy what we've like. I've enjoyed for my entire life. Yeah. You know, so that it would be more from that. Yeah. Than anything. My rogue idea, if it's like a spare milli or something. Mm. Spare milli. <laughs> spare milli or something would actually be. This is my controversial opinion. Yeah. Go on. I'm, Pizza or something. I, well, yeah. yeah. I might not open. It might. If I opened a food business, it might yeah. not. No, it just might not be black food. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Now that's, that's like because wrong with that. in my head, I'm like I need a scalable business. Mm. That is commercially yeah, viable that from the both of those by the way. The, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. But for me, mm-hmm. if it's a chameleon, I'm like, you're just trying to do what's what's trying to what yeah. you know is high, high guaranteed. Ha- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big margins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, big margins. I don't like what big margins. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I would do that. The I feel like the Aki alone on the menus are working out. <laughs> Listen, 
Here we go. That's why we now have that. Yeah. But that's the thing now. So imagine, like, if we scale, if we have a chain, if we have a big yeah. restaurant, then economies of scale come in, then yeah. we're buying better, prices come down. And that's yeah. why it's important for us to be able to do these things like scale our businesses. Mm-hmm. Because we pay less. Yeah. yeah you got your yeah, one yeah. restaurant with your, your your couple tins a oh, week. Honestly, yeah, yeah, you yeah, pay yeah. retail price, right? Five ninety nine. Exactly. Yeah. Basically. Mm. Oh, actually, I found um Aki in Little um Aldi this week. It was on the what? Know, the middle aisles. <laughs> <laughs> He's overstocked. Are you that? serious? <laughs> they've, they've got a section of it's not Tropical Sun. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's mm. The other that, brand that's brand. similar looking. Mm. It's the one at Sun yeah. Isle. Sun Isle. Oh, the one I don't. Do you know what Sun Isle Aki? Sometimes that it's like the tin shook maybe when I open yeah. it that's what's going to be the story but for some yeah. reason they had a whole oh, well. section like in just all the kind of tube yeah, yeah. like all yeah. the seasonings they had a uh, jerk sauce mm. yeah. barbecue sauce and a few things and then they had okay. Aki yeah. on the red red tag down from 6 dollars to 5 29 okay okay, okay not bad yeah. yeah the big tin too the big tin yeah the sun now that's sometimes it's, right. it's mash it's like Aki mush I've got, to, I've got to let goes. the buyer at Aldi know that somebody was interested. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. When they look through the till and they're yeah. like, oh, we saw yeah, one. Yeah, Next, bring me some scotch bonnet and then, then I'll show them more <laughs> One question I actually want to ask you. Mm-hmm. You run an awards. We do. Oh, I can't wait. You run an awards. I can't wait. It is probably by the time you hear this, it... When it's going to happen in October, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so yeah. this might just align with it happening. But just tell us a little bit about it. So yeah. for listeners that want to potentially nominate or be nominated yeah. for 2024. Yep, yep. What's, what's so, it about? The BIH Spotlight Awards um, was founded last year um, to celebrate like exceptional talents within the industry, um, talent and cuisine. So I say cuisine because we have five cuisine specific categories. We have African food, we have Caribbean food, we have South Asian, Middle Eastern, Eastern Southeast Asian. And then we celebrate chefs, brands, drinks professionals. It's just, it represents the hospitality industry, but having worked in the sector for two decades, I've been to every award ceremony in our industry. Mm-hmm. Very rarely does anyone who look like us get recognised and if they do it's not necessarily for their cuisine right. I don't see Caribbean or African food in bright lights okay. ever in yeah. the industry and I wanted to change that I also it's an extension of our social mission aims because well-being is, is important if you're in an industry doing amazing things never yeah. seen never recognised that, that, that can take a toll yeah, right and, so, and mm. so um, we're at a point at the moment where um Judging starts on the platform on Monday, the judging platform. And what I love is when I was looking through the nominations, there's loads of people I've never heard of and I yeah. don't know. Like, where, where where have you been hiding? <laughs> yeah. I felt the same way when I went on to um, the Black Eats yeah, directory. Yeah. And I was just flicking Absolutely. through. Just by area. I just did yeah. it on map. And I was just kind of like, near me? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Because my, my, and this is laziness on my part, is like I'll jump on Deliveroo mm-hmm. and see what's nearby. Yeah. I won't go on like Google Maps. Yeah. If I went on Google Maps, yeah. it would have come up. But some of these businesses, yeah, might not yeah, be using those kind of platforms not. and stuff like that. So I do think, yeah, it's super interesting. I've been seeing you push, push, push for nominations yeah. for, for even more people's names to be in the hat. It's good. So I'm glad that it's great. Loads joy. Of you got a big fan. Yeah, you are <laughs> excited about this. It is joy. Oh, and obviously, we we work with a lot of big brands, so we get a lot of sponsorship and we've got some great brands this year. And and then we bring together community. So we've got like your Moet Hennessy's and the Camparis of this world as sponsors, but then we also make sure we have black owned and Asian owned brands, drinks brands, and then we've obviously got um we had Chisaru catered last year. Mm. So it's just like our partners and our community coming together and eating, drinking, celebrating brilliant people. And the vibe is just a vibe. Yeah. We've just got the most amazing DJ uh, that Ravnik Gill introduced us oh. to. And he I'm is... I'm a super fan. He is... Uh, mate, he's just amazing. He's yeah. so good. So I can't wait. You can see the excitement. Yeah. Oh, really, literally, I can't I'll just ask you anything else to add on. You're like, no, I'm not really sure. Yeah. 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 Okay, perfect. Fantastic. Malaka, your favourite questions. Right. 
great. <laughs> now that we've got all that stuff out of the way. All the good stuff. All the, all the good stuff. The more important questions, mm-hmm. or pertinent questions. Mm-hmm. What is your controversial food opinion? What is it that's on your chest that you need to get off your chest? Controversial. So previous, previous guests and ourselves yeah. have said things like, I think Melissa said, I don't need to see another chili oil recipe. Mm. She's bored. Like, she's bored of the recipes yeah. that people are spitting out on social media. Um, Are you gungo peas or kidney bean? Hmm, so growing up I was gungo. Uh, but now, let's stop it there, let's end it right there. Now, <laughs> I prefer kidney Really? Actually. They're meaty, they're delicious. Yes. No way. Yeah. Gungo peas When I was younger, I love gungo peas. I love gungo peas. Love them. The flavour of them. They are delicious. Yeah. But I, do you know what? Kidney bean takes up too much space against the rice grains. Oh no, but I like that. That's what I don't like. That's what I don't like. Meaty. That's why when you get the ratio is, right, love, because yeah. if you get the right amount, then it's just like it's just one p is one p too many. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. Okay, do you have a guilty pleasure? Oh, food, <laughs> broadly, <laughs> something something that you eat in secret. Do you eat anything in secret? Secret. <laughs> Not secret, but like, like you know that mid- this is a bit of nonsense. Yeah, a little bit yeah. of gluten avoidant over there, like so a little midnight salt beef bagel. I do. I love it. I do. I'll tell you what I love. Oh, chocolate cornflake cakes. Oh, like the ones that you get from that like, Max and Spencer's. Yeah, they're delicious, and our oh, wax off a box, like obviously, yeah, because they're so nice. Because the thing about them, so is that they're not overly sweet, yeah, because the cornflakes takes the the kind of and the butter edge off, yeah, and um, <laughs> fatty, but they're so not. you can just sit. I can be doing something. Yeah, I, like, I think it was about twenty in a box. <laughs> Where do you get yours from? Yeah. Do you have a, um, like a favorite? Uh, mm, so. I get them generally Tesco's is where I shop. Mm-hmm. But um, near where my mum used to live, there was a Saint uh, Asda. And during the pandemic, I went home for a period. And Asda have got ones with Cadbury's chocolate. I was just about to now, say, do you know about the Cadbury's ones? <laughs> I don't eat Cadbury's chocolate. Yeah. I only eat like, like, lint quality chocolate. Lint. No, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like, yeah. lint. Green and black. Green and black. I go to like, exactly. So like, if I'm in Victoria, I'll go and buy a selection of chocolates and put them in my tin. Yeah. And then when I fancy something sweet, I have them with some tea. Anyway, I'm Anyway, but, but so I, don't, like I, I don't generally <laughs> eat like mm. Cadbury's chocolate. I find mm. it just too sugary. But I'm cold black. Yeah, yeah them cold black were bad. I was, <laughs> I was gonna ask you knew about them. I got put onto them in the office. They're deep. Because I was surrounded by younger people. Yeah. And their snack game is different. Yeah, really. Their snack game is different. I saw Chloe sat really next snack. to Chloe sat next to me one time. She had mini eggs, yeah. these cluster things, yeah. and something else on the other side. I think a cat eats squashies. Okay. And I was like, Back in my day, those were called drumsticks. <laughs> like, what's all these little oh, yeah, things? Yeah, and and then Chloe was like, "Want one?" And I was like, "Same as you. I don't really eat chocolate. I was just... and you yeah. know, you know, like that proper chocolate Cadbury's Magnum advert where the camera zoomed mm-hmm. inside their yeah. retina, and you're like having a childhood memory. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how delicious. I felt. They were. I might yeah. try it. I love corn. They're cake. really good. I love them. Okay. okay. I really do. Thank you for being here with no us problem. today, Rain. It has many of the gems have landed for us. If you're mm-hmm. listening and you're wondering, what's point? episode it was for me Malaka um, <laughs> it was a pers- personal project to be honest with you but no this is a very important part of conversations that we're having this month around black history is a conversation that we should be having all year round anyway and we mm. are obviously framing all these conversations with making black history because that is what we are all sitting here trying to do facts facts so happy black history month or happy facts. whatever by the time you listen to this episode we're aware yeah. people listen to the podcast like six months later and yeah. discover it at any point of the year so black history month is in october it in is in the, the UK. uk so that is yeah. um the point of us putting this episode out initially but thank you so much for listening thank you for being here and we will catch you on the next episode bye guys bye, bye. Say bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>